0: all right we're working without a net today that's right we're back to doing a live podcast is this going to work not 100 percent sure let's find out on locked on mlb you are locked on mlb your daily mlb podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to a live streaming edition of the Locked On MLB podcast. This is the podcast we talk about all of Major League Baseball. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan, and if you don't believe me, how could I have a lower third that says i'm sully i just scratched my nose and i can't delete that because we're going out live right now to the youtube channel to sort of see if this is going to work first time i'm doing this in a little while i see we got at least one viewer in there how you doing everybody and uh let's see if you if you are watching the live stream be sure to uh, say hello in the uh, comment section there, and I'll do my best to say hi right back to you. Uh, I'm an Emmy-nominated television producer who's been a baseball podcaster for the last decade or so, and I've been here at the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last five years. Follow us on Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal, Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram, and subscribe to the YouTube channel, where I may be doing more live podcasts, I don't know. Neither do you. Hey, by the way, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code MLB for twenty bucks off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, guaranteed. All right, folks. Uh, hey, Craig Brindle is on here. Craig Brindle is watching me right now, and I gotta tell you something. I've never met Craig. I don't know. I know. I know nothing about him except that he is uh, frequently answering the trivia questions and he gets them all right. And because I'm going to give Craig Brindle the benefit of the doubt, I am going to assume that he's not just looking it up on Google, that he's doing his best to answer them. Um, by the way, Craig, who's who's watching this live, I may have to have Craig and, and Amy, who's also a frequent listener and frequent contributor to the answers of the trivia question. I may have to have the two of you on as a guest one of these days as a head-to-head trivia contest. We'll see how that goes. Uh, Craig Brindle did get the last trivia question correct, which was who has the highest number of hits for their career while playing for only one team their entire life, their entire uh, uh, major league career? Uh, Craig Brindle got it correct. Uh, so did Kevin Pons at uh, Roto Heat Ponds on Twitter, uh, and uh, so did my friend uh, Marcel, who's known as Cubs Fan. Uh, except he spells without a B; it's with an eight. So-called Cubs Fan with an eight. The answer is Stan mutual. Stan Musial is the has the all-time number of hits for someone who played for one franchise their entire Major League Baseball career. Hey, uh, Craig Brindle informed me that he loves baseball. Well, guess what, folks? I figured that out. I figured that out, that you're, you're watching and listening to this program, and you're also uh, doing such a great job of answering the trivia questions. Craig, I know you're in here. I see there's a couple other people watching us on the live stream right now. Be sure to comment in there. Uh, I will indeed have a brand-new trivia question. My trivia questions are at the end of this show. Why? trying to trick you into listening to the whole show um for those of you who listen to the show and i know i do i think i may owe the manager of the toronto blue jays an apology now why am i going to say that um because i called for his uh john schneider the manager of the uh blue jays i called for his head um, I, I called for him to be fired um, in the middle of May because the fact of the matter was the Blue Jays were doing poorly. I thought they had way too much talent on their team to be floundering around 500. Um, Schneider was a interim manager who was put into the team after Montoyo got canned in the middle of last year's season. The Blue Jays collapsed in the postseason. I didn't think there was a chance he was going to be manager going into this season. And when they were flopping around as a mid 500 team, despite having superstars in our club, I said, Why, why is this guy still the manager? You know, why? What's the matter with this guy? And I said that, and a couple of thousand viewers watched that particular episode. Uh, I'm, I'm assuming, Craig, you were one of them. And I said fire him. And in fact, I said fire him before I'm done recording this podcast. And the Blue Jays actually stumbled a little bit after I did that podcast. And on May 25th, the Blue Jays lost a game against Tampa Bay, where Alec Manoa lost. And at that time, the Blue Jays fell to 26 and 25. They were barely above 500. Right around the time we were going to have Memorial Day, the first checkpoint of the season. And I was like, this is just disgraceful. They have great players on this team and they're barely above 500. What's going on? Well, I'll tell you what's going on. Since then, the Blue Jays are 22 and 15. Since then, from May 25th to right now, the Toronto Blue Jays have the best record in the American League. No team has won as many games in the little more than a month since I called for Schneider's firing. And uh, I I can't help but think I owe him an apology. Or maybe he listened to the podcast and realized the influence that I have in Major League Baseball. And suddenly the Blue Jays, who a lot of this started right around the time Alec Manoa was sent to the minor leagues to work things out. There's Manoa, who was their Cy Young contender last year, and boom, sending him to the minors to work out his 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 problems. And next thing you know, the Blue Jays are skyrocketing. Today they swept the doubleheader from the Chicago White Sox, and man, the White Sox, what a horribly frustrating year they're having because right now they're 37 and 52 and any thought of them winning that even the weak American League Central has completely gone down the tubes. And the thing is, they played well in both of these games. The first game today uh, was 0-0 going into the 11th inning. Lance Lynn pitched fantastic, and if I were the White Sox, I would trade Lance Lynn right now. His stock is never going to be higher than a game where he pitched – what. What did he do? He pitched uh, seven innings of one-hit shutout ball with eleven strikeouts and one walk against a good Toronto Blue Jays team. Trade him right now and get something for him. But uh, and then the next game, uh, it was a one-run game. the The White Sox had a three to one lead relatively early, um, and uh, but would Mary Field hit a pair of home runs? Uh, Bo Bichette had a four-hit game, and with a 5-4 victory, the Toronto Blue Jays wound up sweeping the Chicago White Sox, not just in the doubleheader, but in the series. You know, they're on a three-game winning streak, and they right now they're going to go play the Detroit Tigers starting on Friday, and guess who's back up? Alec Manoa. And here's what's interesting about that. Alec Manoa, who had a nightmare first few months, had to be sent back down to the minor leagues to work things out. And we saw that his first game in a minor league assignment, he got absolutely torched. Okay. But what if he worked things out? What if he is... Okay, maybe not the Cy Young contender that he was last year. Let's say he's just a good pitcher. Let's say for the second half of the year... Alec Manoa may not be a Cy Young finalist, but he's good because he was dreadful the first two months. If they trade dreadful Alec Manoa for good Alec Manoa, if he's even just good, all of a sudden Toronto has done the equivalent of making a blockbuster fleecing of a trade. You're inserting him back in and if he does the job even moderately suddenly the blue jays have more pitching depth to go along with a team that was flopping on the deck like a fish barely above 500 to being on a rampage and finding themselves currently tied for one of the wild card spots who are they tied with they're tied with the yankees and I'm going to go into the yankees a little bit In the second segment, but hey, Mr. Schneider, manager of the Toronto Blue Jays, I humbly apologize for calling for your job. And maybe, just maybe, things are working up, and I'd be happy to eat my words. Okay, everybody, it is time to talk a little bit about... Game time, game time. Did I mention game time? Guess what? I'm here in the Bay Area for a couple of weeks, and I'm going to be trying to see a few A's games, trying to see a few Giants games, and the Giants are going to be playing the Red Sox. That's going to be a great series for me, native New Englander currently in the Bay Area, to go see. And I found that out recently, and I said, I better grab me some tickets. So I use my game time app because it is the fastest and easiest way to get to your favorite events and taking away the stress. I'm going to have enough stress watching the Red Sox play the Giants. I don't need stress getting those tickets. It's fast, easy to get not just baseball, but comedies, any other sporting event, theater, all of it near you. Lots of that in San Francisco, and I use my Game Time app to buy it all. Great last-minute deals, best price guarantee, you can stop stressing on the tickets and get hyped about seeing the game like I'm going to when the Sox come to Oracle Park. and Maybe they'll see a few Red Sox home runs land in the bay. I digress. You can find the tickets for any event and get image of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all the above. And guess what? You get those great flash deals on all the events. And the Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. And tickets are sent directly to your phone. So you don't have to dig through your email. You just buy the tickets in a matter of seconds. And boop, boop, two taps and you're all set. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app an account. And use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. That's a guarantee. All right. We're continuing our live stream here. Uh, Craig Brindle, who's keying me up right now, says the Yankees are not looking good. I don't think they'll make the playoffs. Well, guess what, Craig? I'm not quite sure I'm ready to have the Yankees be dead and buried at this point, but there is an interesting factoid. The fact of the matter is the Yankees and the Blue Jays are tied right now, going into the last weekend before the All-Star break. If the Blue Jays play better than the Yankees, for the remainder of the season, and the Orioles, and who's the other uh, card team going on there? Oh, either the Astros or the Rangers, because the Astros are gaining on the Rangers super fast, but that's the topic of another podcast. It is possible the Yankees could miss the postseason, and there's a huge factor, huge metaphorically and huge physically, and I know it's easy to say, but it's it's Aaron Judge, and Aaron Judge is hurt. And he's still hurt. And I'm not sure when he's coming back. They keep talking about he's going to have off-season surgery. I I don't know what to say about it, except this. The Yankees, as of this recording, are 88-74. and They had the doors blown off the dump last night when Luis Severino, who the Yankees need to pitch like an ace, and he's currently pitching like a player who needs to be designated for assignment. Isaiah Kainer-Falefa has been pitching a lot which is bad because he's a he is a utility infielder. The Yankees keep having utility infielder Isaiah Kainer-Falefa pitches this is his third pitching appearance he's done this year. Three times where they've waved the white flag like that and that doesn't account the time when Josh Donaldson pitched. There've been a bunch of games where the Yankees got blown out And today the final score was 14 to one. And guess what? It never felt that close. Now the Yankees are 48 and 40. That's eight games above 500 after getting thumped by Baltimore today. But I want to just bring up a couple of points. Aaron judge, the most valuable player in the league last year is showing why he's the most valuable player in the league, not just for statistics, but because the value he has on the team. I know that's a subjective thing, and it's tough to quantify. Let's try to, shall we? The Yankees have played 49 games with Judge, 39 games without Judge. Pretty close to an even split. And Judge doesn't appear to be heading back to the lineup anytime soon, so chances are we will have 49-49. and I'll get back to the stat when we see how things are going at that point. But in the 49 games with Aaron Judge, the Yankees were 30 and 19. 30 and 19. That's a 6-12 winning percentage. If, as a team, you played to a 6-12 winning percentage over a 162-game schedule, your record would be 99 and 63. Appropriately enough, 99, the number of Aaron Judge, which also, by the way, was the record they had last year when Judge was healthy for the majority of the season, hit 62 home runs, and led the Yankees to a division title. With Judge, they're a 99 win team. In the 39 games without Aaron Judge, they are 18 and 21. With Judge, they're tiptoeing and dancing around a possibly of a 100-win season. Without Judge, they're a sub-500 team. And not just sub-500 dancing on the wire the way that the Blue Jays were just barely above 500 when I called for Schneider to be fired. Without Judge, they're playing 461 ball. If you played 461 ball throughout the course of an entire season, your record would be 75-87. and That's approaching a 90-loss season. Think about 99, on pace to win 99 games with Judge, on pace to win 75 games without him. That's nearly a 25-game swing with one person gone, which again is a huge condemnation to the New York Yankees and how they built this team, that if you remove one player, you literally go from a pennant contender to a team that's thinking about selling. And now they have to, you know, are they going to, could the Rangers fall back to earth? Maybe they got thumped by the Red Sox today. And with that, the the Houston Astros have pulled to within two games of the Texas Rangers By the way, the Red Sox, who I consider being a complete rebuild this year, and I thought they were probably maybe a 90-loss team, they're only three games out of a wild-card spot right now. Three. I mean, what is happening? I mean, I think the Red Sox are a little better than I thought they were going to be, and they're barely above 500, quite frankly. But the fact of the matter is they're tiptoeing on the verge of contention. But I digress. The Yankees are a bad team without him, without Aaron Judge. And and that's not hyperbole. That's the stats. And to construct your team around one player, this could mean, Craig Brindle, you might be right. They may not make the playoffs if they don't get a full Aaron Judge back. By the way, another team that is in absolute rampage mode right now is the other squad from New York. My cousin, Dave, and several other friends of mine who are diehard Met fans are quick to remind me, excuse me, that the Mets have not lost in July. They are perfect in July. And today Alvarez and Alonzo and company, the they, they had a marvelous game on Wednesday where they had to the come from behind their Excuse me. They're losing one nothing, going into the ninth inning, and they had you know it was a great game by Senga that looked like they were going to waste and everything like that. And then all of a sudden, you had uh, the home run by Francisco Alvarez in the ninth. You had Marcana getting the uh, the go ahead triple in the ninth inning, and the Mets stole a wild game for the Arizona Diamondbacks today. There was no stealing any wild game. They absolutely torched the Diamondbacks. As you, see, you know, Francisco Lindor got five hits. Pete Alonso got the big, huge home run. Uh, Carrasco pitched well. The final score was nine nothing. And as I like to point out, if you forfeit a game, if you don't show up to the ballpark and it's a forfeit, the official score listed is nine nothing. So the Diamondbacks lost nine nothing today, which means they just should have stayed home. It wouldn't have affected anything else. But with that, the Mets remain undefeated in the month of July. Now, does that mean they're going to win anything? Well, every time you hear talk of like, oh, the Phillies had a losing record at this point. They wound up winning the pennant. The Braves had a losing record. They wound up winning the, the World Series. The Nationals had a losing record in 2019 at this point, and they wound up winning the World Series. At each one of those points, a big winning streak had to come about. And the Mets are currently on a five-game winning streak. And what have I said? It's never the wrong time to go on a big winning streak. It is never, oh, it's too early. It's the wrong time of the year. It's always the correct part of the year. And the Mets are going to be playing the Padres. And the Padres, who granted, just beat up the Angels, are a team that's completely baffling to figure out. The Mets could try to take advantage of that. And with that sweep of the Diamondbacks, boy, oh boy, the team that really benefited from that are the Los Angeles Dodgers, who finished what was for Pirate fans an absolutely gut-wrenching couple of games where the Pirates just could not drive in the big run. Well, today, Urias pitched well for Los Angeles. Freddie Freeman got a big two-run home run. and The Dodgers won again, and with the Mets beating up the Diamondbacks, guess what? The Dodgers are now tied in the loss column with Arizona. The Dodgers are now half a game and have an outstanding chance of going into the All-Star game in first place. They're going to be playing the Angels, the the dead-from-the-neck-up Angels, the Angels who don't know what the heck is going on and wondering if they should even continue. Now, the Diamondbacks will be playing the very confused and equally spiraling Pirates, so we're not sure what's going to happen there. But The fact of the matter is the Mets beating up the Diamondbacks may have caused that Cinderella story to turn a little bit of a pumpkin. As Craig Brindle just pointed out, Corbin Carroll is hurt and Corbin Carroll who has been outstanding for the Diamondbacks you start taking away some of those Jenga pieces it's starting to look more and more like the Dodgers are going to win yet another division title Hey if you're one of the people I see that the the numbers are growing uh on the live feed here so if you're if you're listening to me live uh do go ahead and, and give me a shout out here um i want to pay tribute to someone today just briefly here in the final segment it's uh you know every year i do my in memoriam video and i include the big superstars but i include other people who are part of the baseball family um the mario guerrero who was a infielder in the 1970s uh a Born in the Dominican Republic, was part of Major League Baseball before the explosion of the Dominican Republic players uh, coming into Major League Baseball in the 80s. He played in the 70s, and he, you know, he had a nice career. You know, he had played eight seasons. Uh, he was a starter a couple of times in his career, and he was, and he was a huge hero in the Dominican Republic. Uh, and then he came in and made it to the major leagues had a nice long career you know eight years in the major leagues that's pretty you know that that's 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 not bad he was signed by the Yankees as a free agent in the 19 the in 1968 as the dynasty Yankee years were ending but one of the things I find interesting about Mario Guerrero and why I just want to pay a little tribute to him is that he was a player who kind of danced along the edges of being part of great teams. And twice he was involved in a trade for someone who either was going to win the Cy Young Award or who had already won a Cy Young Award. And he kind of kept popping up in big trades and almost playing on big teams. And when I think about when I think about players like him who played for a little while and played alongside some great players and never got to have that great moment of glory for himself, but you know, other than having eight years of a you know major league career. He was a minor leaguer in the Yankees organization. And midway through the nineteen seventy two season, the year I was born, he was traded. From the Yankees to the Red Sox. Now, he had not appeared in a major league game at this point. But this was a rare Yankee-Red Sox trade. And um, basically, he was included in a trade that was considered one of the most disastrous deals between the Yankees and the Red Sox. And when you consider that the Red Sox traded Babe Ruth to the Yankees, that's saying something. But first baseman Danny Cater and a player to be named later uh, who became Mario Guerrero were sent to Boston for relief pitcher Sparky Lyle. And Sparky Lyle came to the Yankees, clicked with the Yankees, became the bullpen ace for the Yankees, and when the Yankees finally won the World Series in 1977, he was the American League Cy Young Award winner. And put together some fabulous seasons for the Yankees out of the bullpen right around the time the Red Sox could have used some bullpen help. And Mario Guerrero was there making his debut with the Red Sox as Sparky Lyle was pitching well for the Yankees. Before the 1975 season, the Red Sox did indeed need some pitching depth, and they swung a trade with the St. Louis Cardinals bringing in Jim Willoughby who turned out to be a key player for that team that went on to the World Series and basically played in one of the greatest World Series of all time, one where a hit here or a hit there would have been a Red Sox championship. Guerrero was the one traded away. So right before the beginning of the season, April 4, 1975, he could have played alongside of Yastrzemski, Evans, Lynn, Fisk, Rice, Tion, Burleson all these beloved Red Sox. Nope, he was off to St. Lou. He played with the Cardinals for a little bit. He wound up being traded to the um, Angels. Uh, Never quite made it with the Angels. And signed a minor league contract with the Giants before the uh, 1978 season. Never played a single game with the Giants. Do you know why? He was traded across the bay to the Oakland A's in a deal involving a bunch of other players as the Giants acquired Vita Blue. And the final piece of the great A's teams of the 70s were finally traded away. So he barely missed being part of what could have been a Yankee franchise dynasty. He barely missed being part of one of the great World Series of all time with the Red Sox. And he was traded to the A's just as the whole thing was dismantled. Always missing. And yet, wound up playing a bunch of years in the major leagues. Was he a superstar? No. But he's one of the figures in baseball that helped give it its flavor and helped give it its personality. So Mario Guerrero, rest in peace. And hey, Craig Brindle, I know you're listening to me right now. Everyone else right now, I have today's trivia question. Today's trivia question is this. Who is the only member of the 600 home run club to have never won their league MVP? There are a bunch of players who have hit 600 home runs in the major leagues, all of them were named MVP at least once. And yet this person has 600 home runs and never was named the league MVP. Who was it? Who was it? Uh and Craig Brindle, I'm um, don't answer it right yet. Put it on Lockdown MLB on Twitter or on Instagram or here in the in the comment section here. Hey uh listener Goldie Locks says I love the show. Uh, Thank you very much. I appreciate it. I love that you're listening. We got a great weekend of baseball games. Uh, The Braves and the Rays are facing off in what could be a World Series preview. The Blue Jays are looking to maybe climb into that final wildcard spot by themselves. And they're taking on a Tigers team that's spiraling right now. But they're hoping Alec Manoa has his stuff together. Hey, Sandy Alcantara has not had a good year. He's going up against the Phillies and two teams that are currently wildcard teams. The Rangers are trying to dust themselves off of a rough series in Boston to see if they can take on the Nationals. The Yankees, without Aaron Judge, Carlos Rodon is coming off the disabled list, sorry, the injured list, to make his debut with the Yankees. He was the big offseason pickup. Let's see if he can do his job as he's facing former Yankee Jameson Tyon. The Guardians are climbing back into contention. They're playing the Royals, who are not that great. I mentioned the Red Sox are inching closer and closer to a playoff spot. And they're going to be playing the Oakland A's, which usually is a tonic for all teams. But the A's have had a penchant for upsetting teams and catching people off guard. The Astros and the Mariners, if the Mariners want to make any hay in the American League West, they better start winning these games against the Astros. They won the first one on Thursday The first-place Twins are playing the very, very good Baltimore Orioles. The White Sox and Cardinals are playing in a series that would be fantastic if we had a time machine putting them back in 2005. Jordan Montgomery is going to be pitching against Dylan Cease. So basically, this is a game that is a showcase for the trade deadline. The Reds and the Brewers, the two best teams in the National League Central, are going to be squaring off. Two teams that sputtered. This last week, the Diamondbacks and the Pirates are going to be looking to one of them is going to have to technically win that series. The Mets are off to San Diego, hoping to build on their momentum. The Angels and the Dodgers, the Angels, not sure what they're getting out of Otani. They don't have Trout, and the Dodgers are on a roll. This could be interesting, and the Giants are going to be playing the Rockies, and the Rockies are starting that very fearsome starting pitcher, t b d so follow us on lockdown mlb pods on twitter and instagram i'm your pal sully i'm at sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram hoping this worked as a live showing this has been locked on mlb for the seventh day i'm actually doing this live on the sixth day of july 2023 i'm yours paul francis sullivan please call me sully